Inflation and Housing. Let's have a look. Hello everyone, I'm Florian Heiser and welcome to another episode of Heiser Says. I've got my stein of coffee and I'm having quite a relaxing Sunday. Now, I thought we would have a look at this article that discusses the issues with inflation and housing. So I did a video yesterday about you know, the, just the insane cost of housing and how it's unaffordable to a lot of Australians, a whole generation, and some of the ideas that the government are looking at to address this. Now, the fact that inflation doesn't take account of housing as clearly as we would expect, I think, you know, is an important thing to discuss and is something the average person wouldn't really be aware of or wouldn't appreciate. Now, Please, if this is the type of content that you're interested in, that you think your friends or family might want to, you know, get a different perspective on, share it on social media, let them know about it, because these are the type of things that we need to discuss, because otherwise we'll just fall for everything our glorious leaders tell us, to be quite honest. So I'll have a, a shot of coffee and we'll have a look through this article and some other things. Oh. Ah, Stein of coffee. It's a great way to start the, uh, the afternoon. So, inflation data, very poor cost of living measure due to house price exclusion. Well, yeah, see, this is the thing, and this is something I just realized today, and we'll look at it a bit later, is that our CPI, it's not actually, the ABS doesn't consider it a measure of cost of living. Nope, they don't actually consider it a measure of cost of living. They've got other statistics for that. So that begs the question, why is this tied to everything? And the fact that housing isn't explicitly included when we know how, how much housing is going up, how how would that paint the economy a bit different? So there's a few funny things going on here and it's fundamentally, it seems to come down to, you know, the Chicago school and the monetary, you know, the macro micro approach to economics. So it's, the more you look into this stuff, the more you start to see holes in the theory. So Australia's main official cost of living measure see this is it they're calling it a cost of living measure and this is an abc article from 2017 and you know what? i'm just going to jump i'll just jump right here and we'll go right down to this uh, conclusion here before we go any further you know the cpi produced by the abs is a high quality internationally respected measure of household inflation in in australia the cpi measurements measures the change in the price of a fixed basket of goods and services acquired by household consumers who are resident in eight state and capital cities. Okay, and here we go. The Australian CPI is primarily used as a macroeconomic indicator to monitor and evaluate levels of inflation in the Australian economy. The CPI is not designed as a cost of living index. Okay, this is from the ABS. It's not designed as a cost of living index, guys. Which is frankly a surprise to me because I always thought it was a cost of living index. The ABC article here, the first sentence. Main official cost of living measure. So, sorry ABC, who, who, who wrote this here. There you go. MJ, it's wrong. It's not a cost of living measure. Not by the ABS's own statistics. So there you go. There, there's something that we need to make people aware of. Because, well, they don't realize that. I, I didn't. I assumed. Let me know in the comments, guys. Did you just implicitly assume that CPI was a cost of living index? If you didn't, let me know when you found out it wasn't. Maybe, well, okay, maybe you're already uh, 
a bitter and twisted like I am and know it's all BS, but still, that, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. <laughs> Those of us that still have less grey than me. So, here we go. So, Australia's main official cost of living measure, the Consumer Price Index, is failing young Australians by excluding home purchase costs, argues an economist from Australia's largest bank. I would say it's failing all Australians. It's failing all Australians. And here's another take, because it's measuring inflation. Now, there's, you have a lot of people that are, you know, that are crying about the inequalities in the world, and we need to address these inequalities. And personally, I think inequality is a sign of freedom. We all have different abilities, so there's going to be inherent inequalities in a free civilization. That's just the way it is. But here's another thing. The wealth inequality between people. You know, there's an interesting idea. What do you think causes it? Is it the rich? Or is it inflation? Who has more capacity to deal with this constant and gnawing away at their wealth? Maybe the wealthy have more capacity, but it's the inflation in the end that just destroys destroys your wealth so back to the article the consumer price index produced by the bureau of statistics measures the price changes in a basket of goods to determine whether the cost of living is rising or falling and by how much it is a critical ingredient in economic policy and business with many government payments and private contracts indexed to cpi and a monetary policy set to target cpi inflation of between two to three percent per annum however commonwealth bank senior economist gareth arid said there is a massive flaw in cpi as a cost of living measure well yeah it's not designed as one is it but see that's the thing everyone thinks it is the index is not ignores price changes in the single single biggest purchase a person or household is likely to make in their lifetime a dwelling he wrote in a note for households that do not own a dwelling and aspire to purchase one, the CPI is a very poor measure of changes in the cost of living. And, well, exactly. It definitely is. It definitely is. And I'm just going to bring back some reference data I have here. You can have a look. This, this is just foreign investment. You can see from 14, 15, 16, 17, how much of our proportion of foreign investment in housing. Look how high that was that's overheating the market. It's adding cost to that entire sector, but it's not captured in the CPI. What, what differences do you think people would make? Because they're saying, if you're critical of foreign investment, ah, oh, they'll just tout out the standard, oh, you, you, you know, you're a troglodyte, you don't, you know, you're anti-foreigners, yada, yada, yada. Well, no, this has an actual impact on our economy. We're just not capturing it efficiently. I wonder why, you know? And, and I don't think, see, here's the thing. A lot of people will say, oh, it's, it's all planned. Well, I go, no, I would argue it's the theory that's being applied, the, the, you know, the monetary system that we're using. It's, it's theoretical. It's from the Chicago School of Economics. It's, it's, it hasn't existed forever, guys. This is a theory. We're, we're a couple of hundred, you know, what, a hundred years? hundred years in the experiment, maybe? So I would say we're just seeing this theory play out and it's not right. It's incorrect. So there has been a massive difference in the increase in the cost of existing homes, mainly due to rising land prices and the increase in other costs of living. And this article is from 2017. Since 1998, national dwelling prices have roughly quadrupled 
while consumer price inflation was just 63%. Over the past four years, dwelling prices rose 44%, while other consumer prices rose just 8%. And here's the thing, with dwelling prices quadrupling, your deposit requirements also quadruple, if not more, if not more. And all that money that's sitting there being hoarded and saved to allow people to get into housing, it's not flowing around the economy. It's not what not doing what our treasurer wants. People aren't going and buying it on their app smashed avocados or their, um, their subscription to, uh, I don't know, Netflix. To illustrate the difference to the cost of living that includes the purchase of an existing home would make Mr. Arid uh, constructed Oh, so would make he constructed an index that included home purchase costs with a 10% weighting in the CPI basket. He found that overall CPI would have been an average of 0.55 percentage points higher, including home purchases, which would have seen far less pressure on the Reserve Bank for lower interest rates, one of the factors which has worked to boost home prices. Okay, and you've got to remember, inflation, inflation reduces the purchasing power of your money. So it is essentially destroying your wealth. It's destroying your wealth. You got to think of it like that. So our you know, central planners, the RBA is planning all this aspect of the economy, are ignoring a huge aspect of it. A huge aspect of it. And that is having flow on effects. So home price exclusion marks intergenerational inequality. Oh, it masks it. Well, does it? The Bureau of Statistics has considered in the past whether to include home prices in the CPI, but decided against it because it has a significant savings or investment component. In other words, existing owners actually derive benefit from rising house prices rather than feel them as an increased cost of living. Hmm, okay, but here's the issue. The saving is taking money out of the economy to purchase these houses, and the borrowing to buy these houses, that's generated new money out of nowhere. And that is also driving up inflation. So these are two, two things that are having an impact on it, which isn't being captured. So then because they're not capturing it, they're reducing interest rates more than they should, more than we should. And I'll just bring up uh, trading. Oh, hang on. Oh, I just accidentally brought up the treasury for the cash ban. And uh, guess what? No submissions yet. <laughs> Funny that. No submissions. So we'll just jump over here and we'll have a look. We'll have a look at Australia and we'll look at our, uh, you know, cash rate changes. So because they're not capturing this data, are they, are they adjusting the cash rate fairly? So if inflation was, you know, half a percentage point higher, where's our inflation rate? Here, here's the inflation rate. We can have a look. So think about this. That was at what, 1.8, that was at 2, 2.6, 2.4. So it, it does, it gets it all above this line. So look here, the last five years. So think about it, it's moving at all. This whole graph just move up half a, half a percent. So from 3 to 3.5. So you can pretty much trace it over here. So you know what? I'm going to do it. We will do it. 
Really dodgy. Really dodgy, but you know, we can say, oh, beautiful, look at that. Who needs, who needs a pen? But you can get what I mean, guys. So that's the difference. That's lost wealth that's been hidden. It's been hidden by not capturing this data efficiently, by ignoring it. And it may not have been a problem with the past, but it's, I mean, think about it. Housing has just gone up so much, so much. So, however, Mr. Arid said, this argument does not ring true for first home buyers. For aspiring homeowners, dwelling prices are part of the inflation that they face, he posited. Their exclusion from the CPI, therefore, makes it an inaccurate measure of the type of living costs that they face. There you go. The Reserve Bank also supports excluding home purchases costs from CPI. The purchase of existing housing represents a transfer within the household sector, which means there is zero net expenditure by the household sector in these transactions, the RBA has argued. Just think about that. There's zero net expenditure. That ignores the fact that the money the person is borrowing, and nine times out of ten they'll be borrowing, borrowing from the bank is created out of nowhere. And that bank has an asset. And then uses that to facilitate additional borrowing. How's that taken account in this system? But they ignore that. It's because of the, 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 the model that they're using on the economy. Guys, this is different to other other economic models and we're not taught this at school and it's never discussed in the media because it's boring <laughs> most people aren't really that interested in it but we need to be we need to be guys we need to talk about this it needs to be broken down and simplified so people can understand what's going on and that we're being fed just one perspective on things and it's not necessarily right you can challenge What's been put to you guys? It's what happened to the time. Uh, oh, I, I had a an argument with someone on LinkedIn, a, a Greta devotee. And here's a question to you: Why do all the thought leaders, everyone who calls themselves a thought leader, why do they all think exactly the bloody same like a mob? Every single one of them. I'm a thought leader. I think exactly the same as these other 5,000 mobs of, you know, fanatics and people who are predicting the world will end if we don't embrace socialism in 18 months. I mean, come on, guys, seriously. But yes, so so let me know your, your encounters with thought leaders, guys, in the comments. Thought leaders, bloody hell. I blame social media for this type of, this type of rubbish. Um, but Mr. Arad countered that rent is also effectively a transfer within the household sector from tenant to landlord and rent is included in the CPI. Oh, funny that. While not arguing for dwelling prices to be incorporated in CPI, Mr. Arad said it has masked the costs of living increases for aspiring first home buyers. For then the cost of living has risen by more than is implied by the CPI, he observed. This is to an extent very much a question of generational equality. Or equity. Here we go. I'm saying equality. I'm reading too much of the snowflakes media. Real wage growth has generally been positive over the past five years, despite falling nominal wage growth as CPI inflation has been trending down. But if we deflate nominal wage growth by the measure of inflation that includes dwelling prices, the picture looks quite different. 
deflating wage growth by CPIH more accurately captures real wage changes for those who aspire to own a home. The individuals or households are generally below 35 years old. On this broader measure of CPI, the real wages of aspiring homeowners are currently falling and have done several times over the past two decades. That makes a lot of sense. It really does. In addition to the issue of intergenerational inequality, Mr. Arid argued that the exclusion of dwelling prices from CPI has been a contributor to lower interest rates and a dangerous rise in household debt levels. Well, yeah, household debt levels in Australia are insane. So this, this is not, okay, this is a failure of uh, uh, economic theory. This isn't a government issue. This isn't a failure on the RBA. This is a fundamental issue with this school of economics that we've embraced as a country. And any alternative school of thought that's put forward is instantly smashed down by the media and isn't even discussed. That's the problem. And there's no competition in this. You can't say, no, I don't feel like being involved in this, this economic model. I'm going to go into another one. The hangover in Australia from pushing interest rates lower over an extended period of time to hit an inflation target has been a huge accumulation of debt and very high dwelling prices, he noted. He also pointed out the economic contraction, oh, sorry, the economic contradiction of excluding the very price most directly affected by interest rate changes from the index on in which rate decisions are based. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, wow. Lowering, raising interest rates has an immediate positive negative impact on the price of the very things not included in CPI, he observed. Thus, including home prices in CPI would actually assist the transmission of monetary policy through to the inflation target more quickly. Well, guys, I mean, this is an old piece. This is from a few years ago. So what do you think? What do you think? Should it be included? Should it not? Has this, should this be discussed more? So... Thanks for watching. Let me know what you think in the comments, guys. And if you like this type of content and want to help me produce it, I have a Patreon, I have a subscribe star. Please chuck a few bucks my way, it all helps. And let me know of suggestions of other videos on these topics that you want me to discuss. Because I'll, I've got another one planned where we look at America, where they actually made changes to the methodology for measuring CPI. And again, it... I'm still surprised. We'll, we'll jump over here. Well, there's one more we'll have a look at, just housing affordability. I'll link to this in the references and you can go through this. Just affordability to income ratio. I'd like to see this adjusted for the revised or alternative CPI measure. And I'll also link to this discussion here from, or not discussion, this release from the ABS. What role does housing play in the consumer price index and selected living cost index indices? So they've got additional indexes selected living costs so that's the problem even if they are measuring these other things but they're not being taken into account there you go what would have changed what would have happened anyway guys like share and subscribe and i'll see you later take care